and welcome back to Franklin Covey's On Leadership Podcast. I'm Scott Miller. I serve as your host and interviewer each week where I'm privileged to interview some of the biggest icons and luminaries in the leadership industry. And as part of Dr. Covey, our co-founder's legacy to have an abundance mentality, we are privileged to be able to shine our spotlight and our platform on some of the biggest names to bring you insights and practical solutions to be a better leader, to manage your time more efficiently and effectively. I'm also the author of this series, Master Mentors from HarperCollins, Volume 1 and Volumes 2 are now out, where each year, for 10 years, I take 30 of my favorite interviews on this podcast. With the permission of those guests, I write a short, easy, breezy chapter about one transformational insight that they shared Volume 3 coming out in the fall of 2023 on our way to 10 volumes in the series. Who knows, maybe today's guest will will agree to make an appearance in Volume 4 or 5. He is one of those luminaries of our generation. There are five or six names of people you might think about. Tony Robbins, Stephen Covey, Ken Blanchard, Patrick Lencioni, Liz Wiseman. Names like that, Brian Tracy is our guest today. He has authored 91 books that have sold over 20 million copies. He's led a life of service and abundance, was a very dear friend of Dr. Covey's. Today he is here to talk about this phenomenal book that has sold, get this, 5 million copies called Eat That Frog, 21 Great Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time. He'll talk about how this book came into being. Brian Tracy, welcome to On Leadership. So nice to be with you, Scott. Thank you. Brian, truly an honor. Um, I met you 29 years ago when I was a young buck at the Walt Disney Company. You came in and talked to our executives. And I was a young kid that had, a, had managed to get in the room and listen to you. Uh, uh, thousands of engagements and speeches for you later Uh, Honored to have you as part of the On Leadership interview series. Let's first talk, Brian, for those people that maybe haven't read one of your 20 million copies, will you talk a little bit about your journey and how you became um, well-practiced and even respected in the leadership time management world? And then we'll talk a little more around what it means to eat that frog. Well, it's it's interesting. There's been reading a series of articles recently uh, that go back over the years that have to do with work. And we have in America today, we have a little bit of a problem is that everybody is looking for ways not to work or to work less or to get paid more for doing less as opposed to doing more and working better and smarter and getting more done and making a bigger contribution. One of my favorite words, and what I sometimes do is I take a word and I build a book around it. And one of my books is going to be called Contribution or something like that. And it says basically that the quality of your life is determined by the contribution that you make to the lives of other people. And so you should always be looking for ways to contribute more and better to help more people to improve the quality of their lives. And if you, the more you dedicate yourself to contributing to the lives of other people, the better life you will have. And the most wonderful thing uh, that I learned way, way back was that The most important part of your life is your self-esteem. Your self-esteem is defined as how much you like yourself, how much you respect yourself, how much you you, you see yourself as a valuable and worthwhile person, and then how much you help other people feel the same thing. So self-esteem is everything, and everything that you do, either 
helps or hurts your self-esteem. It either raises your opinion of yourself or lowers it. And it's nothing is neutral. Nothing is neutral. So the, the wonderful thing about my work is I started off and I didn't graduate from high school. My first job was washing dishes in the kitchen of a small hotel. And uh, I say, when I lost that job, I got a job washing cars in a car lot. And when I lost that job, I got a job washing uh, floors with a janitorial service. And lost is another term for involuntary career redeployment. That's where you get a chance to, to do new uh, jobs unexpectedly. And in those days, uh, they didn't give you one week or two weeks notice. They gave you maybe half an hour's notice. They say, we don't need you anymore. Thank you for coming. Go. Leave. <laughs> so, so I would go from job to job. I worked in factories. I, when I was 23 years old, I was working as an itinerant farm laborer. An itinerant farm laborer is someone who works during the harvest. And when the harvest is over, your job is over. And so you keep going. I had an old car and I slept in the car in the wintertime and I slept uh, next to the car in the summertime. And I just kept moving and trying this and trying that. And once at the end of the, at the, end of the uh, harvest, uh, I had nothing going. So I got a job in sales and uh, I had to eat. I didn't have any money at all. Yeah, my family did not have any money. I had to eat, so I got a job knocking on doors, uh, selling uh, stuff from door to door, from office to office. And after six months of ham knocking on doors uh, and making no progress, I lost about 15 pounds in my first six months of selling. And so I say that the, the, uh, <laughs> the, the best weight loss program in America is starting off selling something without any sales training. So you just go and knock on doors and you speak as fast as you can, hoping that they will find in this cloud of speaking uh, a reason to buy your product. And after six months, and this is all leading to a point, after six months, I um, went to the top sales guy in our office. His name was Pete. I still remember the conversation because it was a day that maybe changed my life, but certainly had a great impact. I said, Pete, and he was earning selling 10 times as much as anybody else. We had about 15 salespeople in the office and I would start working at eight o'clock in the morning knocking on doors. And I used to run from door to door so I could get rejected more often uh, and cre increase the odds that I'd find someone uh, who would buy. And that's like my first sale came after 30 days when I knocked on the door at 9.30 at night and a couple came to the door and I said that I'm selling this product and they said, you know, we were just thinking of buying uh, one of those products and they bought my first product and my commission was $50 and it changed my life. And so, so anyway, so I went to Pete. I said, Pete, how come you're making so much more money than me? You don't even seem to work. He'd roll into office at the office at nine or 9.30. He'd uh, go for lunch. He'd uh, quit work at 9.30, go out with nice girls. He had a pocket full of $20 bills. I mean, I said, well, how, how come you're doing this? He said, well, show me your sales presentation and I'll critique it for you. And I said, well, you know, I've heard about a thing called a sales presentation, but I, I've never seen one and, and, and I don't know what I do. So just, what do you do when you meet a prospect? Oh, I just tell them how good our product is and how they should have it and how helpful it will be. And he says, no, 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 that's not how you sell. 
He said, you sell by asking questions. You sell by asking questions to determine whether or not this person you're talking to is a prospect, one who can and will buy and use your product, or a suspect, someone who's just out there. And I had never heard that before. I assumed everybody who was breathing was a prospect. And I would just talk, 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 talk until their eyes rolled and they'd look at their watch and they'd tell them that me that they were too busy and, and, and life would go on and show me to the door. Well, so I, I said, well, what questions do you ask? And I remember we were sitting on a park bench across the street from the office and he took out a piece of paper, like, like a, a pad of paper like this. And um, he said, uh, well, for example, here's the first question you ask. And he gave me a series of questions, like a funnel, seven questions from the general to the specific, at the, which point you ask the person to buy. And I'm writing it down as fast as I could. And I'd never seen an orderly presentation before. And I went out for the rest of the day and I used the presentation and I asked questions rather than uh, talking. And I made more sales in that day than I'd made in a week or a month. And so I went back to him the next day. I said, what else? That really works. He said, well, have you read any books on selling? I said, are there books on selling? Because I love to read. And loving to read, by the way, oh, it makes all the difference in your life. I love to read. He said, yeah, we'll go down to the bookstore. Well, I'd been to lots of bookstores to get books, mostly fiction. And so I went to the bookstore. I said, do you have any books on selling? Oh, yeah, you just go to the business section. And so I went to the business section. And I still remember the first sales book I ever bought. And it was called How to Sell Well. And it was by a very 30-year professional. And uh, I read the book. And I couldn't believe the beautiful things that it taught and what to ask and how to organize and how to plan and position yourself against your competition and, and so on. I just couldn't believe it. So I read that book and I read it and underlined it and read it. And I began to use these techniques and my sales went up and up and up. What I learned was something that changed my life forever. And I taught it to millions of people all over the world. It's the law of cause and effect. And I call it the Aristotelian principle of causality, which says that there is a reason for everything that happens. And that if you want to achieve a goal of some kind, find someone who's achieved the goal and find out what they did. And then do the same thing they did and you'll soon get the same result. So I did and they did. And within a year, I had 94 people working for me in six countries as salespeople that I was getting an override on them. Uh, I was making mon more money than I'd ever made in my life. I never believed it. And I realized that there's a reason for everything. If you want to be rich, for example, uh, just find out what rich people do in whatever field you're in and do the same thing over and over again until you master their skills. And you'll soon get the same results they do. And so I began to teach this to my sales staff. And then I was asked to give my talk on how to achieve goals for other people and other people began to succeed and earn more money than they'd ever earned before and I began to study every conceivable subject that I wanted to master and soon I, I, my income was was beyond imagination. I, I, I remember when I made more than my father uh, for the first time and uh, and then and then, I, I, I read more books and I tried more of these things. So what I learned was this, 
is that you can achieve anything that you want in life if you just find out how other people have achieved it and just work on it and do it over and over again to get the same results. Well, over time, I was successful as a salesperson, then as a sales manager, then as a sales executive. Then I began to um, work for different companies. Then I built my own company. I started or built or managed 22 different companies and my life changed forever. And for our, for our friends who are watching today, what Stephen Covey did is he showed pretty much the same thing. Is if you find out what other successful, happy people are doing and do the same thing, you'll be successful and happy too. Do you want to be rich? Well, it's astonishing when a person finds the way to become wealthy, they have an irresistible urge to tell other people how they did it. And so every single successful people has written book after book. I began to read the books by the success experts and I took notes and underlined and I go back and reread them. And then I create a precise uh, of, of the book and I reread the precise in the morning and in the evening. And soon my income just started stepping up, going up and up. I began to teach my guys how to do it, my guys and girls for that matter. And their income began to go up and up and up. And that's the, then we jumped forward. Soon I began doing seminars in my own hometown and then in other towns and then in other countries. Uh, I've now given more than 5,000 seminars, most of them full-day seminars in uh, 84 countries, according to my calculations. And countless of those people have become millionaires, multimillionaires, and even billionaires. There's three people who have invited me, hired me, and told me that my ideas made them, took them from literally rags to riches. Uh, so some of my friends are the richest people in the world, and they just simply followed the things that I'm teaching you right now. So that's what I've done, and uh, my whole life has been focused on helping people to uh, create wonderful lives for themselves. And it's astonishing, people who are going nowhere, going around in circles in their 20s, 30s and 40s and finally they, they stumbled across my material and their lives changed forever so that's my that's it that has been my whole life and really that's why we're talking today and uh, the wonderful thing is uh, that nobody's better than you and nobody's smarter than you as a matter of fact there's nothing that will make you matter than to find somebody who is dumber than you who's making more money than you you just shake your head how can this nitwit be making so much money? And the answer is, he just simply found the way that other people achieve success and did the same thing until he got the same result. Is it easy? No, it's very hard. It starts early in the morning. Successful people, and I've, I've studied millionaires and billionaires. I've written a book on millionaires and billionaires and the specific habits that they practice every day to get to where they are. And it's astonishing. People buy the book or listen to the audio program or attend one of my seminars, and they get results out of all proportion um, from the effort that they put in. And so can you. And pretty soon I discovered a whole new world of audio tape listening. And in the early 80s, it was just starting to take off. And I was doing it, giving it a two-day seminar, and I gave the seminar over and over. And then finally I recorded it with a handheld recorder, and I took it and I put it into a cassette box and um, uh, began to sell it at my seminars. And um, my wife insisted that I send it to Nightingale Conant, which were the uh, giants 
in the world at that time for audio tape listening. And I resisted it because I didn't think I was good enough. The biggest, by the way, the biggest single obstacle uh, to success is the feeling, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Other people are better than me. And she kept, kept insisting. So finally, I phoned Nightingale Conant. I was living in Edmonton, Alberta. I phoned Nightingale Conant in Chicago. And I said, I have this audio program on success that's very popular. And I was wondering if you'd be interested in listening to it to see if you might produce it. And they said, sure, send it down to us and we'll take a look at it. And so I did. And I called them back the next week and I said, uh, did you get my program? They said, yes. Um, the owner of the company, Lloyd Conant, uh, was leaving the office on Friday. And uh, he said, do we have any new programs in the mail? And I gave it to him. It's the secretary, receptionist. I gave it to him to listen to. And he came in on Friday. He says, I like it. We're going to produce it. Well, that's the same as you know, sending uh, a, a, a handmade video to MGM Grand and they call you back and tell you they're going to star you in a major movie. Um, it was it was shocking. He said, how, how soon can you come down here to uh, put together the contract? And I said, this was a, I was doing a seminar in Toronto on Friday and this was Wednesday. I said, how about, to, how about tomorrow? And they said, Okay, um, and I got a plane ticket. I went through Chicago to on my way to Toronto, and I was there that, that night. I just met them the next day. We signed a contract. They produced the program, which is called The Psychology of Achievement, and it became the best success program in the world in 30, 40 languages. And uh, my career just exploded. And then they said, have you got anything else? I said, they said, well, like what? Well, we like to produce a program on sales every year and we don't have anything in that slot. I said, well, I've been in sales for more than 20 years. They said, well, could you do a program for us on selling? And these are six, six to seven hour programs. There are six cassettes with about 30 to 40 minutes on either side. So I wrote out the program and advertised and brought in 500 people to a convention center and I had some professionals record it and I gave the program. Uh, it was a two day program when I gave it. I'm trying to think. No, it was a one day program. But anyway, and I sent them the program and they said, this is great stuff. It was called the psychology of selling. It became the best selling sales program in the history of the world. And they did a study, Nightingale Kona did a study uh, about three years later they found that more people became millionaires after listening and practicing the psychology of selling than any other sales influence in the world today. And it's now in, again, 30, 40 languages. People live, I say, in big houses on the hill, and they have um, great families, and their kids are in private schools. And they, it was just so wonderful because I just took what I had learned in thousands of hours of study and practice and I showed them how they could do it themselves. And they did, and they got the same results. And so everywhere I go, and I started to give seminars, the first seminar I gave, public seminar, had seven people. The second had 12 people. The third had 15 people. A year after these programs were released, I had 1,000 people, and 1,500, and 2,000, and 3,000 people. And they filled the auditoriums all over the country. It was just 
an amazing thing because most people, my people, you, are people who want to do the very best with their lives. They want to maximize their potential. They want to earn more money. They want to do more things for their family. And so I just showed them how to do it. And everything I showed them was very simple and clear, and it works every time. So that's pretty, basically been my life. I started to get booked overseas. Soon I'm speaking all, in all over Asia and all over Europe, plus South America, Africa, and so on. And uh, people literally transformed their lives. So now with the COVID, it's interesting. I hit the age of 75 just as they uh, shut down the, uh, the, the, the sailing field because of COVID. You couldn't interact with people face to face. You couldn't do seminars. You couldn't do any kind of speaking because you couldn't get together. So I, the age of 75, I thought, well, I think I'll back off. And then they shut down the sales training business and I was <laughs> involuntarily backed off. So and that's where we are today. And now the phone starts to ring. What happened you know, with you and I today, what happened is that uh, my birthday is January 5th and I got back home from my vacation in Hawaii on January 10th. And uh, the phone rang and they said, could you do a seminar for us? And I said, well, you know, I, you can't do them anymore because it's illegal to have that many people close together. I said, no, no, you can do it by Zoom very much like what we're doing today. And um, that's still a, a viable form of communication. So I hadn't even thought about that. So I said, sure. So I started doing Zoom seminars about three days a week. It was paid uh, well and um, was very effective. It helped an enormous number of people. I did a seminar about three months later, my Zoom business, we had a seminar for 18,000 people in Singapore but it wasn't 18,000 people in Singapore. It was 18,000 people, and they were marketed all over Southeast Asia uh, because I, my stuff is in all kinds of languages. And so, and then I did a seminar in Australia, five days of seminar, once a week for you know, 25,000 people. I began doing seminars all over the world for massive numbers of people uh, by Zoom. And uh, so it's really been a wonderful run. And there's always a way, if you can be clear, I'll just finish blabbering on with this one key point, is I developed a series of models that were helpful for success. And one of them is what I call my golden triangle. My golden triangle has, has three parts. And the first part of the golden triangle was the acceptance of responsibility, where you simply say the magic words, I am responsible. Wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I'm responsible for my own life. If I'm not happy with any part of my life, it's up to me to change it. I studied 4,000 hours on the subject of success. And what I found, based on decades of research, is the number one problem that people have is negative emotions. Negative emotions. And where do negative emotions come from? They come from blaming someone else or something else for your problems. And so if you want to eliminate negative emotions, you have to stop blaming. And how do you stop blaming? You accept responsibility. You say, I am responsible. I teach this at the beginning of almost every seminar and people literally transform their lives. The second part of the, quarter, of the triangle is you set goals. I fell in love with goals when I was in my twenties. 
and I studied goals and I set goals and and goals transformed my life. So I be, put together a system and then I wrote a book and I did an audio program and people would get this and they would apply, apply it to their lives, set goals for anything they wanted to achieve. And they were absolutely astonished, almost like a volcano going off. Their lives transformed in a very positive way. And then number three is continuous learning, is successful people are always learning. Take guys like Bill Gates, who several times has been the richest man in the world. He reads two books a week. He reads them, he annotates them, he puts them on, on his uh, website. So if you want to see what Bill Gates thinks about certain books, just go to his website, you go download his notes. And people like um, Warren Buffett reads five hours a day. Also, many times, one of the richest men in the world, he reads five hours a day. And uh, he was asked once, uh, what's the, what is your secret to success? And he said, it's simple. He said, I just say no to everything that doesn't help me achieve my most important goal. I just say no. And uh, they said, well, what about this? He said, most things that people ask you to do are not helpful. They're a waste of time. So I just say no. And uh, then I read five hours a day. And you, you can imagine that. And you find all the way back to Aristotle, the most successful people. Aristotle studied the works of uh, Socrates. Socrates never wrote a word, but he shared his ideas with lots of people who formed study groups, if you like. But it was all people, people became successful by studying the success of others. And uh, it just changes your life forever. And then continuous learning, never stop learning, never stop developing new ideas and new materials. Write it down, take notes, study it, get up early, work harder, stay later. And there's nothing that can stop you from being as successful as anybody that you admire. Now, you may not become a billionaire or a jillionaire, but you're going to be more successful than you ever dreamed possible when you begin to study the work and the behaviors of other successful people. It's, it's as guaranteed as gravity. Everything falls down, not up or sideways. And so these are the things that I learned. These are the things I put together. I've produced more than a thousand audio and video programs. I've done strategic planning for more than a thousand large companies around the world. I've taught and trained in my audiences probably uh, millions of people uh, and uh, they I get letters and emails every single day from people who say your ideas changed my life but they're not mine it's sort of like those fire brigades remember when the fire was burning and they they take a bucket brigade and they pass the water forward what I do is I just take the ideas that I find and I share them with someone else and I share them with someone else so your ability to be a huge success in life and to be happy just comes from finding out these very simple ideas and doing them and doing them over and over until you get the same result and nothing nothing can stop you i sometimes say to my audience i say there's nobody can stop you in the world from being a big success nobody and i say oh oh wait a minute there is one person who can hold you back from being a big success. And I say, and who would that be? And everybody in the audience, thousand people, everybody in the audience goes like this, me. <laughs> I'm the only one who could hold my back. 
I'm the only one who could stop me. And that's one of the great discoveries. Is nobody, can, nobody can hold you back but yourself. So those are, those are how I got to where I am. And every book I write is a series of practical principles that you can use to get results immediately that can change your life. And if you do it, you will. And if you don't, you won't. And there's millions of people all over the world now, 55 languages, 55 languages. Every country I go to all over the world, they come to see my talks by the hundreds and by the thousands. And then they go out and they do what I've written down to do and they get the same results. And so can you. And that's the wonderful thing. This book that we're talking about, uh, Eat That Frog, was a, a wonderful uh, discovery. I, I was asked to write a book by a major publisher. And uh, so I wrote a book called Double Your Income, Double Your Time Off. And he came back and he said, well, it's kind of a, a bland title, but title chapter 50 is 21 ways to, to, to get more things done faster. Uh, and so he said, I like chapter 15, which is called Eat That Frog. And so if you, first thing you do in the morning is you eat a live frog, you'll have the satisfaction of knowing that's probably the worst thing that's going to happen to you all day long. And so uh, when you get up in the morning, plan your day, pick the one thing that could help you more than anything else to achieve your most important goals and start doing that and work on that nonstop until it's complete, until you've achieved the goal. And only then can you give yourself a break. Only then can you take time off. So it's just get up in the morning, plan your day, start on number one and stay with it till it's done. And surprise, surprise, if you develop the habit of that, so it's locked in, it's just an automatic thing that you do, you are going to be more successful within the next few weeks than maybe you've ever been in your whole life. So those are my thoughts and ideas. I've sort of summarized some of them in uh, this introduction. So I now throw it open to you. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, if anything I can expand on. Brian, thank you for your generosity. To our listeners and viewers, you know, as a podcast host, when you are in the presence of greatness, you know to just be quiet. And I'm delighted that, Brian, you were generous enough to share your history, some of the insights that I was riveted listening to in terms of, you know, no one is smarter than I am, and uh, I'm the only person that can actually get in my way of success. It was, I'm going to re-listen to that on multiple occasions. Brian, this book you've written of 90-plus of books, Eat That Frog, is a phenomenon. I mean, it has sold 5 million copies. It has a very pragmatic approach to setting priorities and managing your time. And I only have a couple of questions for you before um, we conclude. And that is, one, you talk a lot about the role that clarity plays in personal productivity. I, I once recently heard Brene Brown say that clear is kind. Of course, she's talking about clarity in relationships. Talk about the role and how we achieve clarity to increase our personal productivity. Yes, well, it's, it's like the difference between driving through fog and driving on a clear day on a clear highway. And uh, so the first thing that I teach, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it's one of my favorite words, is in order for you to be successful, you must be absolutely clear about what success means to you. Exactly what do you want to do and be and have? I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I am happily married to uh, Barbara, uh, who's a fabulous woman. We've been together 45 years. We have four children and uh, I think 17 grandchildren. And uh, when I was a, a young man, I um, decided 
that I'm going to make a list of what I want, the perfect woman for me. And so I read something about, you know, being clear about uh, who you want, because other than that, when you meet the person, you won't recognize them and you just keep on going. So I uh, wrote down uh, every single thing that I wanted to have in the perfect woman. And uh, every time I thought of something new, uh, I saw it on television or newspaper and wrote it down, wrote it down, wrote it down, came out with more than 40 things that I wanted in the perfect woman. And uh, I met Barbara and sort of going back and forth. We were taking courses at uh, the University of Alberta. And I um, looked at my list and uh, I realized that she just might be the, the right one. Anyway, she uh, asked me uh, for advice. She said she wasn't very happy in her current relationship. Uh, what advice would I give her if she wanted to be happier? I said, well, do what I do, write down everything you want to have in the perfect person. She said, well, isn't that, that's not romantic. I mean, you, you should just sort of let it happen. I said, no, it's too important <laughs> to just let it happen. <laughs> you just, you got to be really clear. You got to think about it because when you decide what you want, you're simultaneously deciding what you don't want. And so she said, well, that's interesting to think about. And we met and had coffee every once a week or two weeks at the university. And uh, one day she called me up and she said, I'd like to talk to you. And I said, okay. And I met her for a cup of coffee. And she said, uh, I did follow your advice. And I wrote down everything I want in the perfect person. And I said, well, that's nice. That's good. That's very smart. And she said, it's you. And I still remember, I was shocked. Uh, it's me. It's you. you. You have all the qualities that I want in the perfect person. <laughs> and then she said, we joke about this. And then she said, so now what are you going to do? <laughs> but now what are you going to do? Well, well. Geez, I have to think about this and I checked my list and I realized that she was the perfect person on my list. And we've been happily married for 44 years and wonderful kids and grandchildren and everything else. Um, but the wonderful thing is, if, if the most important decision you ever make, by the way, is the person you select to live with, to, 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 to get married to. So therefore, make a list. And as you think of new things, write it down, write it down, write, keep writing it down. And the most wonderful thing is that the, the universe will set up a force field of energy and starts to draw into your life the perfect person for you. And that's exactly what happened to me. The reason I told her that was because I had read it somewhere and I told lots of people who were, who were not happy. I said, well, I read this story about how important it is to write out a description of the perfect person for you. And so they did and they met the perfect person. They may have been drifting for weeks, months, years, and within a few weeks, they ran into the perfect person at a bus stop or uh, in a coffee shop or uh, in an office. And so it, it's, I suggest that to you. Now, let's say that you want to be uh, successful. Write down a, a description of what it would be to be successful, how much you would weigh, how much you would earn, what kind of home you would live in. Um, uh, what kind of job you would have, uh, uh, everything. And because the most amazing thing is that your mind, uh, we, we actually, uh, this is something that I've taught, which people just are so happy about. It's, there's three minds, uh, and, and Freud wrote about this. There's the conscious mind, which we use as our operating mind. There's the subconscious mind, which is like a data storehouse. 
It just stores all the information, knowledge, and experiences you have. And then there's a third mind, and it's called the superconscious mind. And superconscious mind is referred to many different ways, but basically it's a universal mind that has all the knowledge of the universe in it, and you can tap into it at any time. Just like now with, a, with an iPhone, you can communicate with a friend on the other side of the world in a matter of seconds. Well, with the superconscious mind is even faster than that. And so the way it works is write down what you want to have. And the more precise you are, the greater clarity you have, our, our, our great word, clarity, the, the faster you attract it into your life. And it's quite amazing. And when people start to use it, and I've taught now millions of people to use the superconscious mind, it's just sitting there. It's act, You have unlimited access to it at any time. And what you do is you think clearly about what you want and just relax. And you set up a force field of energy that attracts it into your life. They call it the law of attraction and so on. And, um, and if you're clear about what you want, then uh, what they say is whatever you want, wants you. Whatever you want, wants you. And it draws into your life like a great magnetic, great magnetic force. And so uh, Barbara and I have a beautiful home in San Diego, and I think, you know, this is exactly what we described. When we got married, uh, I lost all my money. I said, I, 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 we used to joke that the fastest way um, to lose money is to start a business with uh, no experience. So we lost everything and sold uh, the condominium that we had and rented a house and then rented a bigger house and then bought a house and then bought a bigger house and then moved to California and went and looked at 150 houses with our list. We had our list, more than 40 things. And uh, we walked into this house with a real estate agent and we looked at the house and it was word for word, exactly what we had written down over the last three or four years. And we've been here ever since. It's just a perfect house. And anyway, so the, the, these things work because every time I share them with people, they come back to me afterwards or send me emails and say, it worked. It worked. It worked. It worked. I never had a person ever anywhere in the world who said, I tried your recommendations and they didn't work. I had a, a very nice guy. His name is Chris and lives in uh, Seattle. And uh, I went there to give a seminar, a big public seminar. And he was at the seminar. Actually, his home is in Portland. And he drove driven up to uh, uh, come to the seminar. And I recognized him. He was a nice guy, positive. And I, uh, I said, hi, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing fine. He said, uh, it's been about three years since I, three or four years since I uh, put him, he went through my seminar. He said, uh, but uh, Brian, he said, I'm sorry to say your uh, idea about planning your work that if you do this, you'll double your income in 10 years. He said, doesn't work. And he said that most of your stuff works, that doesn't work. I said, and he's, a, he's a nice guy. I said, really, it doesn't work. He said, no. He said, it didn't take 10 years, it took five. He said, last year, I earned twice as much as I'd ever learned in my life. He said, as I'd ever earned in my life. He said, it was, it was phenomenal. So he had a good laugh about that. It always works. And if it, if, it, if it doesn't work on the schedule that you said, it works earlier. Uh, and that happens for you. And it was interesting. We have a lot of our friends listening to this. Now, here's a great question. Do you have the discipline to apply 
what we're talking about. Because we're not, you and I are not trying to sell anybody anything. We're not asking for any money. We're not asking that you sacrifice anything. We're just saying that you take a piece of paper and you write with great clarity exactly what you want. And then every day you pick the most important thing you can do to achieve that and work on it nonstop until the job of that day is done. And then the next day do the same thing. And it's quite astonishing. This, the, it's almost like you're stepping on the accelerator of your own life and you start to move faster towards your goals and your goals start to move faster towards you. And you know, I, this is so simple. Einstein said, one of my favorite quotes, he said, if you cannot explain your goal to a six-year-old child and have the six-year-old child understand it so clearly that, that, that he or she can explain it to someone else and they can understand it as well, he said, then you don't know what your goal is. So it's got to be so clear that a six-year-old can understand it. So uh, what I've explained to you is so clear that a six-year-old can understand it. And all you have to do is do what we said. The success, we said, belongs with, starts with a pen and a piece of paper and you becoming perfectly clear about what it is you want and when you want it. And you write it down and you work on it every day. And, and it's astonishing. People will say you're lucky or you're just lucky. No, you're not lucky. You made a decision that this is what I want and this is what I need you to do to get it and, and you'll get it and faster than you could ever believe. So uh, these, these, these have been the things that have changed my life. I've written 91 books. Every one of the books is loaded with practical ideas and information that you can apply immediately to get more and better results. And so the only question is how badly do you want what you say you want? Because if you really want it, you will have the discipline to do what you need to do to make it a reality. Brian, I have one final question. Our time is ending. Uh, before we actually went on air to this program, I asked you, hey, Brian, could you do me a favor? Now, to set the stage, we don't know each other. We've not built a friendship yet. And I followed your work for decades. And you know of our company. But I asked you if you would do a favor. And before you knew what the favor even was, you said, Scott, you paused. The answer is yes. Now, you didn't know if I was going to ask you to co-author a book with me or buy me a home. In fact, the request was that some, uh, some followers of mine on social media knew that I was interviewing you today for this podcast, and a thousand of them are reading your book right now, and they asked if you might make a shout-out to them. And you said yes, and you went on to graciously tape a two-minute video to this unknown group of book readers that are reading your book, Eat That Frog. And I thought, gosh, how abundant, what, 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 a, what a sense of magnanimity you have. And I think that's contagious. And I'm also trying to reconcile this sense of you saying yes, not even knowing what my request was. You didn't know my intent, you didn't know my reputation, you didn't know my ask, with the discipline you shared from Warren Buffett, which basically is no to everything that doesn't progress my goal in life. How do you, we have a minute left, how do you advise people to live a life of abundance and to say yes to people, to help people get what they want and they'll have to get what you want with the discipline of saying no if it could ha actually hijack your own goals? How do you balance that? Well, first of all, um, you and I met many years ago, which, which you reminded me of. And um, so what you asked me is, I have a favor for you. And my response was, before you ask, the answer is yes. 
And I came across that some years ago and I thought, what a wonderful way to approach life and to approach people. Now, I know you a little bit and I like you and I respect you. So I sort of know that if you're going to ask me for a favor, it's going to be reasonable. Yeah. So therefore, I don't have to say, well, could, I, could you write it down in a letter? I've, I've had many people where I've asked them for something. They said, well, can you send me a letter or something and, and let me think about it for a while and so on. And uh, no, I, you, you are a nice guy. You're smart. And you're working with Stephen Covey, who is one of my great mentors and friends. And I want to tell you a Stephen Covey story in just a second. But um, I know that whatever you ask, it will be reasonable and it'll be helpful to other people. So I just say, before you ask, the answer is yes. And that's my philosophy. My best friends like John Asaroff and other people, they all know this. They say, I could ask Ryan anything, and his the answer will be yes, because that's how he approaches his friends. And uh, so let me tell you a quick story, I, which, which, which I really like. Some years ago, I was trying to get into book publishing, and um, I, I was working with a literary agent in uh, Dallas, a wonderful woman, very smart. And um, she asked me if I would write a testimonial for Stephen's book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The book had come out and it sold reasonably well in hardcover, but the publisher was not going to go any further with it. They didn't think it had legs, they call it legs in the public in, publishing industry. And so then, because you're well known to thousands of people, if you could write a testimonial for the book, um, that would be really helpful. And you know, my philosophy before you ask the answer is yes. And I had read Stephen's book and I had listened to, to the um, audio version of it. And a good friend of mine was actually giving his seminar on video. And so I sat down and I wrote uh, uh, a short and very pointed uh, testimonial. And the testimonial was, Stephen Covey is the new American Socrates, Brian Tracy. Well, they took this. She said, this is good. She took this to the publishers, Simon & Schuster in New York, and they said, this is good. Let us revisit the idea of publishing, republishing the book. And they decided to bring it back out in paperback. And the cover of the paperback was this Stephen Covey is the new American Socrates. And then it was the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and then Stephen Covey. And the book came out in its second printing and became one of the best-selling books in the history of the world. More and more people picked it up in the paperback version and recommended it to other people and so on. And uh, so I think about that and I think that makes me really happy that I was able to just come up with one little line, which was which gave Stephen and the book an edge, caused the book to be re-released by all the bookstores. This is before we had um, Amazon. And um, it made, uh, made him a star and um, informed and enlightened uh, so many thousands. Now I think it's 17 million copies that, uh, that the book has sold. And I thought, isn't that great? is that somebody asks me for a testimonial and I give them a testimonial and it's really helpful. And, uh, and the rest, is, as they say, the rest is history. 
So it's a, so whenever you get a chance to do a favor for someone, remember you're you're doing something that is, is sort of throwing seeds into the universe and you never know what will happen. You never know who will be affected by it. So always, when, 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 if you know the person, if you like the person, always say yes. Always say yes. Hey, Brian that, Tracy, can I um, feature you in Master Mentors Volume 4 as one of my Master Mentors? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Before you ask, the answer is yes. Of course I will. Brian Tracy, thank you for sharing that tender story about Dr. Covey. Thank you for what you did to light a fire under his masterpiece, The Seven Habits. Thank you for your time today. Again, you know, when you are in the presence of greatness as a host, you know, just be quiet and let the lessons flow out. Brian Tracy, your book uh, of many books is Eat That Frog, 21 Great Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time, as relevant today as it was when you first authored it. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. Great pleasure. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. God bless you. I wish you a wonderful life. And we'll see you back here next week with a new conversation on leadership. Leadership.